Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio, the show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are Rory with a clutch shot to clinch the match, Steve Kerr gets paid, more money, more problems, not for the NFL salary cap, a 12-team college football playoff is officially approved, rolling into March, previewing this week's biggest college hoops games. With that, I give you our assistant chief for our fire brigade, Colton Cow. Thanks, Matt. We're here again on a Thursday night in my basement. Um, the chief is out again. Uh, had knee surgery yesterday, so yeah. he's a uh, little little hobbled up. This uh, you know going to be hobbled up for the next uh, couple of weeks. But uh, he'll be he'll... joining the NBA after that with his two new knees. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, he gained gained a little bit of height. I think he's going to try to resurrect his NBA career. So. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, like Matt Matt said, we're gonna gonna kick off with um, some golf, you know, recapping news. Um, you know, like we talked about on our show last week, the uh, I think it was the ninth edition of of the match. A um, little bit different, different style, different format than what we're used to seeing, where all all four golfers played, you know, played by themselves, or you know, we're playing playing against each other, not you know, groups of two, mm-hmm. you know, on teams and. We added, uh, you know, women into the into the mix as well for for this, you know, for this edition. And, uh, you know, like like Matt mentioned at the top, you know, top of the show, Rory came out came out on top in this thing. Um, you know, uh, but Took it extra was, time. yeah, it was 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 a close one. Uh, Matt, what you what were your thoughts, or you know, what 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 you think from from this year's the match? <clears throat> well, I mean, I'll be honest, I didn't really get a chance to watch it, but. From I'm hearing great reviews from it. I mean, it sounds like people were really entertained and, and thought this was one of the better versions of the match they've had. They said Max Homo was just absolutely hysterical out there. <laughs> yeah. and the banter between the four of them just played well together. So I, I think in the future that they, they need to keep that in mind on, on getting the right kind of guys right. involved that mm-hmm. bring the entertainment aspect right. along with I mean, if you want to watch Playing golf, golf. you'll watch a PGA Tour event. <laughs> right, right. You, you want this to be a little entertaining, too. So sounds like they did a great job with that. And, you know, kudos kudos to Rory for bringing home, what, 2.6 million total? 2.4 million total for his yeah. charity. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. great job there. And, right. Uh, you know, great job by all. They, mm-hmm. they, the, the ladies held their own. Mm-hmm. I mean, they weren't really, you know, outshot or, right. or you know, looking dumb out there with, right. with the guys. Right. So, you know. Right. That's a great for the women's game as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, yeah, it was was uh, you know, like Matt mentioned, it was you know came down to actually a tiebreaker hole. They uh, you know played all twelve holes and then had to play you know the twelfth hole again, I believe. Um, and it, but they did kind of a closest to the pin, right. um, you know, challenge at the at the end to close out the tiebreaker um, and. It was all said and done after the first swing. Rory went up there with his first. Sh- he was the first one to go amongst the four. Hit his first, you know, hit the shot, and and nobody else was able to to match that or you know come even even remotely close to. Uh, like I said, home I got within ten. Right. Um. But yeah, ultimately, yeah, Rory was over before it started on that on that hole. Um. But uh, you know. Obviously, you know, previewing it last week, we we envisioned or thought, you know, Rory would probably be the guy to to you know to beat in this, and you know, Vegas had the odds, and you know, in in the same way, you know, they 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 favored Rory going into this as well. Um, but uh, you know, yeah, really uh, was yeah, pretty pretty tightly contested battle. Um, you know, Rory won holes four, six, and eight. Um, you know, in in the match. And the only other person to actually win a hole was Lexi Thompson on the second hole. She finished with an eagle on that hole. Um, so that was, you know, she got off to a, you know, a great start. Or, you know, had the had the early lead and had everybody else trying to scramble to, to catch up to her. So, so what was it? Just a, a money thing that pushed it to, to yeah, extra so time? Like, yes, yeah, so it was like a yeah, a money tiebreaker, you know, if you will. Um, so it it was one of those things that. What I didn't realize or, you know, something I didn't didn't know when we previewed it last week is that if they tied on holes, the money carried over to the next to the next hole, which I I didn't realize or didn't recognize. So um, because nobody had won, you know, they had tied basically Rory won the last hole on eight. So then they tied nine, 10, 11 and 12. Right. If you combine all that money together, um it equaled kind of the leader at that point, which was Rory. And so 
they basically said, you know, hey, what the heck, we'll play an extra hole, or gotcha. you know what, it, it's all for charity. What the heck, we'll we'll you know play another hole. Plus, the the tiebreaker hole, uh, they had like another five hundred thousand dollars that was like randomly donated from a from a you know anonymous donor <laughs> as well. Um, so I think at the end it was just like, oh, you know, let's play more golf. You know, right. this thing again, all all for charity. Um, so you know why why not? Uh, but yeah, I think it was because all the money that had carried over from all the holes that, you know, they had tied on would have equaled Rory's total and, you know, nobody claimed it. So they, they didn't want to end on a, on a tie basically. So, um, you know, so they, they played this little, you know, closest to the pin, closest to the pin hole. Um, and I can't remember if it was, if it was hole number four or six, but one of the holes, um, they had like a special, it was like a special hole. It was, it was one of the holes that Rory won. Um, it was the one, one club challenge yeah, hole, yeah, hole four, hole yeah. four um, where, you know, basically, yeah, you used, picked one club out of your bag and you used it all the way up until the end, until you yeah. finished out. So, well, and they couldn't, none of them could use the same club either. Yeah. They all had to pick a different club. Yeah. Right. So um, it was kind of interesting to see, yeah, Rory putting on the green with like his five woods. <laughs> um, but uh, he actually, you know, won, won that hole. Well, he um, actually said afterwards he's actually practiced putting it with, with that just for okay. in case of emergency. Right, right, yeah. Putter were to break. I'm sure, tournament. yeah, all, all golfers probably have that kind of yeah. backup, you know, weird, you know, idea or, you know, weird catastrophe happens right. where I don't have a putter. What club am I going to use instead yeah. or whatever? So, um, but, yeah, just kind of a, a fun thing to see or, you know, something that obviously you don't see in normal golf or, you know, in the PGA, obviously, you know, they – get to use a whole bag of clubs whenever they're, they're playing or, you know, in the LPGA as well. Um, so it was just, yeah, kind of a neat, a neat thing that they did or threw in there as well. Um, but, uh, you know, for Rory, it's a little bit of a, a redemption story for him. Um, you know, he was the only one out of the group that had played in the match before, before this. Um, if you remember correctly in the, in the seventh edition of this, of this match, uh, him and Tiger paired up and took on Jordan Spieth and, uh, Justin Thomas and they got absolutely smoked in that in that one um so this was yeah a little bit of a redeeming you know redeeming story for for Rory you know getting to you know playing this thing again and uh you know actually coming out coming out on top in right. it um but uh you know fun fun stuff um you know I thought yeah was was great I, I watched watched a little bit a little bit of it um I, I think having it at night was kind of a neat aspect as well um something that again you don't get to see in the normal PGA and LPGA. They, they don't play at any courses or, you know, most golf courses don't have lights. So it's, right. it's, you know, you play until the sun goes down or, you know, until it's deemed too dark to play. So I think it just another element that, that, you know, kind of makes it interesting and, and, you know, kind of changes it up for, you know, your prototypical, you know, golfer or professional golfer in this sense. Um, but yeah, it was, was great. Um, you know, we'll see if they do, another one before, you know, before the end of the year, you know, right. sometimes we get, sometimes we a get couple. A, a couple in, in a, in a single year or whatever. So this one being somewhat early on here, we'll, we'll see if we get, get another one towards the, towards the end of the year or, you know, midway through the season or, you know, whatever. But uh, yeah, I think, I think uh, yeah. Adding, adding, you know, women into the mix, I think was, you know, a, a great, great idea. And, right. you know, they, like you said, they held their own. So <clears throat> definitely, you know, something that, may uh, continue going forward and something that they may explore if this event is to is to continue going going forward so yes, sir. um all right well uh moving from uh moving over to a different round ball uh moving to the hardwood to talk about the nba um i don't know if if you all have heard but uh you know steve kerr he's pretty good pretty good head coach there in, in golden state and he's uh, a little bit yeah um you know he uh, got rewarded. Golden State, you know, saw it and you know gave him gave him a massive uh, contract contract extension this past week. Um, you know, two years, thirty five million dollars on top of you know his his current contract that he already has. So, as a result of you know this extension, it now makes him the highest paid you know not only the highest paid coach overall, but highest paid coach in NBA history because yeah. of, of of the extension. So. 
Uh, Matt, what's your what's your thoughts? You know, on this extension for for Golden State. I mean, and Steve Kerr, I guess. You know, I, I think I think Kerr it, it's deserving for right. all the success he's had. Mm-hmm. Timing's a little odd though, right? Right. With with them kind of struggling a bit this mm-hmm. year, they're not not their normal selves. Right. It's interesting looking through his career as as the head coach of the Warriors. Mm-hmm. They either go to the finals no, they don't. or they don't make the playoffs at all. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Like it's, yeah. it's just it's it's crazy how that, that's been. But mm-hmm. the guy's got four championships, six appearances as a head coach of the Warriors. And right. I mean, the guy is nothing but a winner, though. He's got another five championships to his name <laughs> as, a player. as a player. Right, so, right, yeah. I mean, the, the guy has done it all. He's mm-hmm. 473, 238 all time as the Warriors head coach. And mm-hmm. they're just, they're always going to be somebody to look out for if, if they make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And, this iteration that they're in the hunt. So right, I right. mean, absolutely. They, they get in, you, you better yeah. watch out. Right. Right. They got the, they got the players, they got the talent. Um, yeah, it is, it is interesting, you know, the, the timing aspect of it, um, you know, to the two years that Steve Kerr, you know, just signed um, actually kind of lines up with Steph Curry's current contract mm-hmm. as well. So his, the same time that, Steve Kerr's contract would would expire would be the same time that Steph Curry's contract would expire as at you know as well um you know it, it we we say it every year or you know at least I think it in my head is you know how long can this Warriors team continue to do what they do and right. we we've, we've seen somewhat of a of a decline the last you know couple of seasons obviously that core of of Steph Curry, Draymond, uh, Clay Thompson they're only getting older every every year or every day, every second. Um, and they win so much, they can't bring in young talent. Right, right, exactly. The the draft. Um, so it, it's one of those things that, yeah, I, th- I, mean, I think we're going to be seeing a changing of the guard. You know, I think it's one of those things that, yeah, all good things must come to right. an end. Um, even, you know, what's going on in, in Golden State. I mean, they do have a few young pieces there. Obviously, nothing – compared to the draft hall that they got when they selected Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and right. Draymond Green. I mean, that's kind of a once in a lifetime type, you know, draft or, you know, drafts, if you will. Um, so they, they definitely, you know, it, 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 it'll come to an end. We'll, we'll see, you know, if it's at the end of this extension, you know, what, what they decide to do, obviously Steve Kerr is not, you know, not that old, you right. know, we'll see what, Though he had been talking about hanging it up, right, right. He had some health problems mm-hmm. there a few years back, right. and I mean, he's fought through it and he's kept coaching, right, so, right. Yeah, it'll I mean, be. I guess I wasn't sure how long, much longer he really wanted to coach anyway. Right, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. You know, obviously, he was somewhat the coach, or you know, somewhat the beginning of the coach when they got you know Steph Curry and got Clay Thompson, got all those guys. So it's it's it'll be interesting to see if he decides to when they retire or when they move on or right. whatever they decide to do does he hang it up at the same, right. you know, it's, it's kind of that, you know, old saying of like, you know, coaches kind of see their first classes kind of go through yeah. and then it's like, okay, it's time to, you know, hang it up or, you know, I've seen everything I've wanted to see or, you know, kind of witnessed or experienced everything I've wanted to experience. Um, you know, is there really anything left for me to, to do, I guess, or to, at this point, there really isn't anything that, this guy hasn't accomplished as an as an NBA coach. Um, I feel like he's got to win one more, so he's got two hands. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Perfect ten. Add to the add to the mix, um, you know. But uh, you know, on, on top of you know being the Warriors head coach and uh, you know having so much success in, in in the NBA, not only as a player and you know as a coach, but uh, he's got to add international coach to his to his resume as well. So the upcoming Summer Olympics uh, that are taking place this year um in paris france he's he's the head coach for team usa as well so um he's going to get get the opportunity to you know be the head coach there and see if he can bring home a a gold for for team usa obviously you know the expectations are always always high there you know yeah it's never yeah either win a title or or don't and i mean for a guy that's probably had that same pressure already yeah. with Golden State, you know, with with the teams that they've had um, over the last, you know, five, ten years. It, it shouldn't be much, much different, you know, um, outside of now he's got the NBA, the whole NBA level of talent right. on his on his team. Obviously, the guys that will be representing the United States, um, he'll have his his plethora of, of players to choose from. Um, I wonder if by him coaching, if he'll get some of the, the bigger stars that have kind of sat back the mm-hmm. last few years. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, right. I'm sure Steph will 
will play right. No one, one play for his go. Right, and, right. Play for his. Then Steph will bring all it. KD, LeBron. Right, right, right. So, yeah. You know, it'll be interesting to see. Right. Yeah, it'll be be interesting to see. Yeah, what what players come out for that? I mean, we're getting getting close. Um, you know, and it, it's always interesting because it all depends probably a lot on what happens during the NBA season because right. I know you know years past it was like the teams that played in the NBA finals or won the NBA championship, it was like, a, a it was like less than a month later, they'd have to turn around and, you know, hop on a plane or head out to Vegas or whatever to start practice for team USA. And it just a lot, a lot on the body, a lot physically or whatever. Um, so it, I, I think a lot of that will depend on who, which teams we see in the finals, who's in the finals, what, you know, what kind of transpires in the, uh, in the NBA playoffs this year. But yeah, I think, having having that big name you know like Steve Kerr who you know is is one of the more well respected coaches in in the league definitely uh helps bolster or you know maybe attract some of those guys that are kind of sitting on the fence on whether they want to uh want to play want to play or not so uh but yeah hats off you know hats off to the warriors you know locking down you know continue to lock down their their hall of fame coach um player coach whatever name it he can probably do it so um that you know sets themselves up to at least have you know a, a good coach right. uh, going forward for the next couple of years. We'll see what the makeup of the team looks like over the next over those coming you know coming couple of years. But uh, you know at least going to have their, their coach signed you know locked down. So we'll see what uh, what Golden State's able to able to do. Um, yeah, like Matt mentioned, they're you know in the mix. Um, you know with the expanded NBA playoffs, they're they're in the mix. Right. They they're they have out. they have a chance and. Um, you know, gonna gonna fight until till the end. You know, that's the competitive nature of that team and, and Steve Kerr himself. So they'll they'll fight till till the end until you know they are officially eliminated. They'll they'll be right there in the hunt and have the talent to definitely make it to the playoffs and you know potentially make some scares in the in the playoffs as well. So all right, uh, well, moving over from from basketball, moving to a little football news. Going to start in the NFL first. Um, NFL money on money on money here, boys. Um, <clears throat> if you haven't heard, NFL just released numbers to say that they're increasing the uh, salary cap for next year, roughly thirty million dollars, a little over thirty million dollar increase from last year's salary cap. So we go from uh, roughly like two twenty, two twenty four to two fifty five now yeah. this year. Um, which is roughly about a 14% increase from, from last year to this year, which is one of the biggest jumps in the history. It is the largest jump in history since the NFL instituted salary cap back in 1994. Um, Matt, any, any particular thoughts on, on this, you know, jump in the NFL? Uh, you know, I, I think the way contracts are going, yeah. you kind of had to expect it because, mm -hmm. I mean, Contracts are getting outrageous. Mm -hmm. They they needed the, the cap space mm -hmm. for these teams to be able to keep their players. Right, right. But I, I mean, at, at what point do these contracts stop? I mean, right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's how it's it's going to get to the point where you're going to price your fans out, mm -hmm. and nobody but the elite are going to be able to come and watch <laughs> games. Everybody's going to sit home and watch them on TV. I I don't know if it's good that it keeps going up or mm -hmm. not. I mean, yeah. good for the players. Right. You know, I don't fault anybody for making a dollar when they can. Right, so. right. Do do what they can, but mm -hmm. I think the league could could try to limit that a little more by keeping the salary check cap a little more in check and yeah. and make it keep it a little more fan friendly to where people aren't spending four or five hundred dollars a ticket to come mm -hmm. to a game. Right, right. I and mean, right now it's already in the hundred hundred plus range mm -hmm. just just for a regular, a no, no regular season, season a game. game. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, I I think this is kind of a a one off type you know increase. This mm -hmm. is not something that has happened continuously over the last several years. I mean, we, I think the big jump is now we have finally recovered, or at least the NFL has recovered from the money that they lost during COVID when, you know, they basically had to shut the season down. They had to do all kinds of extra, you know, extra means they limited fans and all of that. So, um, you know, a little bit of history of, you know, the trends of, of, you know, salary increases, salary decreases. So uh, from from 2013 to 2020, we saw anywhere between 10 to $12 million increases. Mm -hmm. um, then in 2021, 
the salary cap actually dropped by 17 million. Then in 2022, we saw an increase, um, increase slightly. Then in 20, 2023, it increased almost 20 ish million after that. So I think it's, we're, we're slowly starting to recover from, you know, from those COVID times at the same time, around the same time that they signed that, that, you know, COVID hit and everything, the NFL had just signed like a new TV rights deal as well with all of their, you know, major players, you know, CBS, Fox, all those, you know, all the players that they air their games on, they had all just signed a new deal. Well, it takes, you know, a few years before that you see the reap the profits of those, of those TV deals. So I think, you know, most people had somewhat estimated or projected that this was going to be the, if if it was going to be a jump this big, this was right. the year that it was going to happen. And, you know, we, we saw it. Um, and they're, they're all happy because it, right. it's actually, it was bigger than any of them. were. Right. Expecting. Right. Yeah. They were only projecting, I don't even know. I, I, I did have the number somewhere, but they were only projecting like a, I don't know, maybe it was like only like a 5% increase or something like they were, you know, they were expecting much, much less or whatever. And now, you know, it's almost two times, three times what they, what they thought it was going to be. Um, so obviously based on the number and, you know, an ex, you know, expanded salary cap that now changes the dynamic for the NFL and NFL teams and their strategies and who they're cutting, who they're re-signing, you know, what they what they decide to do. Um, Hate to be a team with a star ready to re-sign. Right, right, absolutely. Um, you know, and yeah, that that really, you know, throws a wrench into things, you know. Uh, obviously, we're somewhat getting kind of the offseason somewhat kicked off for the NFL. We, You know, the, the NFL Combine happening this weekend. Uh, you know, the NFL Draft will be coming up in a couple of months, so – kind of getting the early stages of off season, you know, trying to get rookies and drafts and things like that. But, you know, also cutting players and re-signing players and, you know, somewhat like that, it, it starts, it starts now. So it definitely, you know, changes the dynamic and three teams in particular that it changes the dynamic is the 49ers, the Packers and the Seahawks who based on, you know, what they thought the projected salary cap was going to be, we're going to be over the cap now that they've expanded it even more. They are now under the cap. Um, obviously, I think that they're still close. sitting real close. So I don't think that they have a ton of wiggle. It doesn't, you know, add 20 or $30 million to their, to their pot. It's probably closer to, you know, they got maybe, maybe they went from being over by five, 6 million to now under they're five under by five or six or whatever. So, um, it will be, yeah, again, interesting to see how teams, you know, use this number, uh, to, to make some moves or, you know, continue to get under the salary cap or get closer to that salary cap number. Um, but you know, it's obviously a sign of, of good things for the NFL. Obviously the salary cap increase is based on the NFL's growth as, as a organization, if right. you will. So you you much like a stock price, you want it to keep increasing because that means that, it, you know, is sustaining it's, it's making money. It's, it's going to, you know, stay, it's profitable, I guess. Um, and, and you know that you're going to have the NFL around, I guess right. at this point, um, because, you know, I don't think there was any doubt or any question that the NFL was, you know, going to go bankrupt at this <laughs> point, but you know, it just, it's good to see that they they've been able to recover from you know from COVID yeah. in such a quick amount of time. Um, you know, I, I, there are multi-billion-dollar corporations that still haven't recovered right. from you know from the losses that they had during that during that period. So, the NFL obviously sports brings everybody together. You know that that the NFL and whatever feel good right get, yeah get whatever way shape or form people still watch you know watch sports no matter if there's a worldwide pandemic or not they right. they still you know are tuning into the nfl and tuning into sports so good to see you know that we you know have come out of that and you know the nfl has come out of that they're you know finding their money back finding you know finding their way back here um but yeah it, it, to, to your point though it, it yeah at, at what point is it not sustainable right. i mean when, when do you yeah cut out the the middleman, if you will, of, you know, your average, you know, person that wants to go see a game, you know, at, at some point, yeah, when, 
when do the ticket prices, when do the price of food, when do the price of jerseys, when do the, you know, when does the price of everything that a fan could purchase become so elevated that it's like, it's, it's not, not worth it. I'll just stay home and watch the game on TV. Sometimes, sometimes you have a better seat watching it at home than you do, you know, some of these NFL stadiums. So, um, you know, it will be, will be interesting to see. Yeah. Because obviously with increased salary cap, I mean, to continue to increase salary cap, you have to continue to increase revenue. Well, you increase revenue in multiple, multiple ways. And that includes, TV deals, fans, you know, merchandise, all of that stuff goes into that equation. So at, at what point does, yeah, do you see right. a, a decline maybe in, in ticket sales or merchandise or, you know, something like that if, if the NFL continues this this trend? But I think, again, so, sort of a one-off type thing. I, I don't expect it next year to right. see another 15% increase. Right. I mean, if they do, man, that, that would be, that'd be wild. But <laughs> I don't I don't project I think it will be similar to what we saw pre-pandemic right. times yeah, where we saw like two to five percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and you know, go from go from there. But uh we'll see. But yeah, it's definitely gonna change NFL team strategies at this right. point, you know, knowing that they got, you know, an extra almost thirty million dollars, thirty one million dollars to work with. Um well, it's kind of surprising that like KC had already cut uh well, the Valdez Scantling mm-hmm. wide receiver right, right. and like before they even knew what this number was, mm-hmm. they, they were already making cuts. So right. are, are they kind of questioning? Now? Right. Yeah. Like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have. It is interesting. Like it, 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 to me, it's, it's kind of a weird thing that the NFL, maybe the NFL teams already knew about this. That mm. it, it, this be, just became like public knowledge or whatever. Cause yeah, it is strange to me. Like a ton of these teams have already made like salary cap cuts right. because they're like either over the salary cap or, or, pretty darn close right. so it's like okay well we're gonna you know cut this guy and you Don't know it, for draft picks Go it's like okay well now that now again. that we have 30 more million dollars left you know in the bank right. would we have still cut that guy you know it, it is interesting yeah to, to you know maybe they already knew this and again this is just now becoming like public knowledge at right. this point uh but yeah it, it would be interesting it, it is if it's not and this is you know truly when they announced it this is truly when nfl teams found out about it too yeah. it's like yeah, you somewhat kind of get screwed because like, well, I just cut a guy that, yeah, he was only like a $6 million hit. I probably would have kept him right. if I had known that, you know, I'm getting 30 million back in the, back in the bank. And now so. you try to negotiate with him. And he's like, well, yeah, cost you <laughs> right. Yeah. Now I just cost myself money. <laughs> right. So, uh, but yeah, it, 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 uh, yeah, definitely an interesting dynamic dynamic there, but, uh, well, and you know, the, the current players weren't the only one to benefit because mm-hmm. they also added an extra $74 million to the pot for, retired and injured oh, players yeah, so yeah, they added yeah. that in as well mm-hmm. so really everybody in the nfl right. realm is, is benefiting from mm-hmm. this whole new deal yeah yeah absolutely so it's uh you know good good times for the nfl and uh you know we'll see see what that does you know going going forward for the nfl but uh yeah they're they're making money hand over fist here and you know continuing their you know their dominance on you know football professional yeah. football if you if you will um all right. Well, uh, like I said, we're going to talk a little bit more football, but uh, going to move to the to the college ranks. Um, you know, we had we had talked about this. I don't know. It's probably been about a year now that we we talked about this. But uh, you know, the rumors of a twelve team playoff, and you know, it technically wasn't official until a few days ago. Right. Um, so now I am you know happy to say or glad to say at this point. The 12 team playoff is is a for sure for sure thing. Um, you know, starting this upcoming upcoming season, um, they're using a five plus seven format to yeah. get those 12 numbers. Um, so, the five highest ranked conference champions will be automatically included in that group of 12. And and when I initially saw it, I thought, man, this is, I, I I I wish they would have included you know, the, the, the non-Power 5 teams when I initially saw it. And then I read the story a little bit more. And technically they are included in that because I was thinking, you know, I'm still thinking Power 5 because I'm still thinking Pac-12. Uh, well, we all know what has happened with the Pac-12, left with two teams, the Pac-2 at this point. Yeah. And uh, they can't have an automatic right, qualifier right. for two years. Right, for the right. Deal they're at right now. Yeah. Um, so as a result – you know the the high you know the the highest rank you know the basically the conference champion right. from the Big Ten, the Big Twelve, 
the ACC and uh, and the, the SEC, SEC yeah. along with the highest you know conference champion from the group of five, right. uh, which can be a number of different conferences mm-hmm. that you know could have the possibility to be one of those five you know automatic right. bids. Um, those guys all get they get the buy. Uh, I think it's only the four, only four, four out of the, the yeah four out of the five. Highest, yeah, right, four. So out of those five teams, the highest, yeah. the four highest ranked teams, so the, the non-power five teams, more than likely, play yeah, yeah, probably play. not getting there. You know, unless we have a, a weird scenario, you know, like a, a Cincinnati, you know, a right. few years ago. Obviously, they're not in a group of five conference now, but you know, when they were a couple of years ago. They would have technically gotten, you know, gotten a buy at that at that point. Um, but yeah, so it's out of the five that get the auto bids, mm-hmm. the four highest that are ranked out of those five get an automatic first round buy. Right. Um, and then the the other seven that make up, you know, the the rest of the twelve are just the next seven highest ranked right. teams that come from any conference anywhere in America, whatever. Um, so I think we'll again continue to have some controversy because right. it's always you know the 12th team the 13th team is saying well i deserve to be in over the 12th team yeah, and, and same thing you got with march madness right right, I mean, right you got what 64 now and yeah, it's yeah. 65 and 66 are crying <laughs> right, right right yeah exactly um but you know from what i'm hearing we may not be done i'm hearing talks that they're already ready to 16 to expand it to 14 or 16 yeah. teams and we haven't even started the first year of having 12 yet. Right. Um, and so it, it it's, yeah, going to get more interesting. Obviously, we'll see how this how this format plays out. Uh, Matt, any any thoughts on this? On yeah, this? So, so then after those first four, then you have five plays 12, six plays 11, seven yeah. plays 10, eight plays nine. Right. And then the, the, the lower seed, or I guess technically the high, I don't know. Yeah. The, the <laughs> lower the number, right, you know, right. five will be, right. be home. Yeah. Yeah. And the, you know, the, the and higher will be away. So. And it's, it's uh campus games yes. too. Those yep. first round games are campus hosted games, which is kind it's of kind an of interesting, interesting to see an SEC team roll right. into the big 10. Right. Yeah, exactly. To play in the yeah. snow or mm-hmm. ice cold. Right. Right. Weather. Right. Um, so that will be, you know, an interesting dynamic that, yeah. Something it, I didn't see. And I don't know if you saw anywhere yeah. or not. Are they going to reshuffle? So, like, let's say 12 knocks off five. Uh-huh. Is one playing 12 now or is one? Yeah, I don't know how the next rounds go. You know, that's obviously similar to, like, the NFL format right. where, you know, one the, – the one seed plays whatever the lowest number that's left, that's who right. they play in the next round so or whatever. Like, like March Madness, it, right. it doesn't reshuffle. Like yeah, I don't, I don't think it does. Like I don't honestly – you know, looking at, you know – if you get some upsets there, right, then right. those higher seeds are really going to benefit. Right, right, yeah. Um, I don't think it. I don't think it reshuffles. I think it just, you know, wherever the numbers land, right. that's who you know who you play, and you know that that's how it goes. So number one should play the winner of eight nine. Right, right. And two, the winner of seven ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I don't, yeah, I don't believe it. It reshuffles. I think it just, yeah, straight bracket play all the way out. Um, and you know, you get your two best. I mean, not two best teams, but your two top teams or, you know, whoever's left, your two right. remaining teams playing for, for the national championship. Um, but uh, it is, you know, one other thing that I found interesting that it, it wasn't a part of this deal, but something that they are talking about going forward is that, and I think it's good. I think it's good for college football. Obviously, we're adding 12, you know, 12 teams. So, you know, we've seen it already with the four-team format is that teams are – if you don't make the top four, you pretty much just gave up on your seat, you know, right. gave up on your season. The other bowls, even the New Year's six bowls don't matter yeah. anymore. Well, something that I think will be good if they can get it pushed through or they can get it actually approved. They, they're in talks about somewhat cutting the agreements that some of those bowl games have with certain conferences. Mm-hmm. So. For instance, you know, in the past, the Rose Bowl has always been traditionally a big, a Pac-12 team and a Big Ten team play each other. The SEC usually, or the SEC, the Sugar Bowl has always had like an SEC team and, you know, either a SEC team or a Big Ten team or something like that. Well, from what I'm hearing is that they're trying to somewhat do away with that. So, like, I think that would be good because, again, you can get matchups that you wouldn't normally get in the regular season uh in these maybe the matchups enough to intrigue some right right yeah exactly it's it's a matchup that you know 
one historically these two teams have never played each other right. and and two would never play each other because they're not in the same conference or you know just would never schedule each other on the schedule right. if you will um so i think that is something if they again not not official hasn't been right. you know written in the stars yet so but, honestly i i don't think that helps bring players yeah. back that aren't playing right, right now right i think the only way to fix that is with this nil stuff mm -hmm. is if they don't play right you don't they, pay. they lose don't some of their paid. money yeah, yeah. They, they lose um, some of that deal yeah uh definitely yeah something that will be will be interesting um yeah i i don't know that yeah doing that fixes whether players come or, or you know play or not play right i think it just maybe makes those games a little bit more interesting to watch right. because fan, yeah fan right because sure. you get different matchups you know possibility of different matchups that you otherwise wouldn't see but again with the consolidation of, of conferences and teams or whatever it's like you're probably more than likely going to get a rematch in some way shape or form in right. some of these bowl games as well just because of how few conferences there are left in in college football um but you know we'll, we'll see you know what uh you know what happens um you know i i think um it it's it it it's a it's a jump up yeah. you know the the four team to twelve team I think was something that that had to happen or you know something that I think is is good for college football, um you know I think I think the format to me I think makes the most sense yeah, it's kind of sure. what what I envisioned if I were the one that was making yeah. the decisions I I think how they've laid it out is is exactly how I envisioned it is that to make these conference championships meaningful which they haven't necessarily always been that meaningful in the four team playoff. Right. Now they, they really do have, have some meaning because if you win, you're, you're probably going to get a buy. Yeah. You're getting a, you know, more than likely getting a buy and, and you're, you know, guaranteed at least a spot somewhere in the, in the playoff for sure. Um, and now maybe that conference championship won't drop a team as far as right, well. Because right. Right. Like you, you looked at, you know Georgia, who just lost to right. Alabama, their only loss championship, yeah, their only, only loss in season. like two, three years. Right. You know they they drop completely out of the top right. five. Yeah. Now maybe you just drop them one or two spots because right. they're yeah. they're not guaranteed that buy. Right. Right. It, yeah, it definitely helps in. with the expanded playoff because obviously if if we were in this playoff expanded playoff, Georgia would have been right. in. You yeah. know, and 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 the same for lots of you know Oregon you know lost you know to to Washington in the conference championship they would have been in you right. know so you I think yeah you definitely will see as long as it's you know a, a you know a team that's made the conference championship that mm -hmm. doesn't have like three four losses already you right. know so in some way shape or form if that's even possible to make your conference championship with that many losses I, I obviously, yeah. If if they lose or whatever, they're I mean, potentially the ACC. Yeah, or, right. Or even the the Big Twelve. I mean, it's it's gonna be tough. I mean, it, it, it'll be hard. interesting. I mean, if That's a team truly hard. goes undefeated in not like I said, with all the consolidations right. of adding, you know, teams adding basically the best of the best from the Pac-12 to the SEC and the you know Big Ten. Right. You know, if, if a team goes undefeated, I mean that that will be a fate in itself yes. because. It, it, you're going to be you're in the, at least the big 10, the SEC, you're more than likely going to be playing a ranked team every week. Right. Um, you know, outside of, you know, maybe a few bottom feeders, you're going to be probably playing a ranked team almost yeah. every single week. So it, it'll be a very tough regular season, which, you know, hopefully prepares you then for an even tougher postseason. Um, so we'll see. Um, yeah. We, we, you know, only a handful, you know, handful of months, you know, away from, you know, college football starting back up and, you know, getting our first taste of what this 12 team format's going to, going to look like. Um, but yeah, like I mentioned, the expansion doesn't stop at 12. They're yeah, already talking for 14, 16 teams. So um, we'll, we'll see, you know, how long the 12 team format lasts before they're already, you know, looking to add, add more teams to the mix. So all right, well, we're going to take a uh, real quick commercial break. Uh, stick with us. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Fired Up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. 
Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. All right, and we're back. Thanks for sticking with us. I'm uh, going to talk a little bit of college basketball news here and a preview of a handful of games taking place this weekend. Uh, you know, we only got most teams only got about three games left on the on the slate before we're talking about, you know, March Madness, you know, my my favorite time of the of the year, um, you know, so we uh, got got five games for you here that are, you know, taking place on Saturday at, at various times. And we got five ranked versus ranked opponent yeah. games, you know, um, in this one. So going to be going to be interesting <laughs> to see how how Matt and I, you know, decided to pick these <laughs> ones. So. Uh, we'll, we'll get get started here. We got uh, the the uh, number twenty four ranked Florida Gators uh, taking on the eighteenth ranked South Carolina Gamecocks. Uh, you know, a battle in the SEC between you know two ranked teams um, at at South Carolina. Uh, it's going to be the first and only matchup between these two teams in the SEC. Yeah, I was surprised to see a conference game being just a, a one off. Yeah, right, right. It's, it's you know pretty tough. It's pretty tough to see, and they're going to be even more heightened because this is the only at the moment the only matchup we get between you know two ranked teams so you know we're going to going to see what uh what what happens between the Gators and, and South Carolina Matt what's your what's your thoughts on this matchup yeah i mean something's going to have to give in this one the, the Gators are averaging 13 more points per game mm-hmm. than South Carolina but South Carolina's given up 12 less points mm-hmm. per game mm-hmm. than, than Florida mm-hmm. so yeah. You know, I, I think it's going to be a close game but i think it's going to come down to the physicality of the game and i, I think Florida kind of out trump south carolina physicality that they out rebound south carolina 41 to 32 rebounds per game mm-hmm. they also have uh, out block them five five blocks to three blocks per yeah. game yeah. i think that bit of physicality is gonna 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 make the difference mm-hmm. and florida's gonna pull the upset in this one all right all right um one one thing to to note here we you know uh south carolina excuse me 13 and 2 at home this year uh florida three and five on the road so Florida being the, the road team, obviously not a great record away from away from home. Um, so you know something to something to look at there. But I guess we're already going to differ already to start <laughs> off the start off the segment. But uh, I like I like the Gamecocks. I think um, you know a team that scores a ton of points always loves to be at home to score a bunch of points. Going on the road, it's always a little bit tougher to 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 get to that point mark. You know, South Carolina again. They don't score a ton, but they don't let you score a ton either. Right. Um, they're they're you know one of the better or best defensive teams in the SEC. Um, you know, led by their guard uh, Michi Johnson, who you know everybody here at home probably recognizes the name was a former Buckeye. Um, is is playing pretty well for for this South Carolina team. Um, you know, they they are you know almost have 16 assists per game as a, as a team. They they really share the basketball. Uh, don't rely too heavily on one one guy. I think it's going to be a low scoring affair, and I think that favors South Carolina in this in this matchup. If we get into a shootout, I, I think Florida's Florida's guy. This is not you know not the type of game that South Carolina wants to play, but I think South Carolina will keep it keep it low scoring at home. Have that you know home crowd behind them. I think South Carolina gets it gets it done at home, but I think it's going to be going to be a close battle between these two teams. All right, uh, moving to uh, out out kind of Midwest, I guess. Um, we got the uh, number seven Kansas Jayhawks uh, taking on the 15th ranked Baylor Bears. Uh, these two teams faced off about two, three weeks ago. 19 days ago. Yeah, um, Kansas pulled out a squeaked out one at home, 64 to 61 in that game. Again, kind of a very contrasting style. Uh, Kansas three and five on the road. Baylor 13 and two at home. So, you know, uh, Kansas coming into this three and two in their last five games, Baylor three and two in their last five games. Uh, Matt, who do you, who do you like in this matchup? Yeah. You know, like you just, you just mentioned these guys did just meet in, in Kansas. They, they did pull off a, a close win, right, right. albeit at home. Yep, so, you yeah. know, the, the, I, I look for the, the script to flip a little bit okay. here with Baylor being on home. Yep. The season, they're scoring five more points per game than mm-hmm. Kansas. Uh, they shoot better from the free throw line. They shoot right. better from three-point range. Right. All these things are huge mm-hmm. in a game that's going to be tight, close. Yeah. I, I think with uh, revenge on their minds and yeah. being at home, yeah. I, I like Baylor's chances of pulling upset here. All right. Well, I uh, I, I, I 
disagree with oh, you oh, again. Two, I, right. I like I like I like Kansas <laughs> to to get the win on the road. I think again another tough battle here. You know between these two teams, I think we're going to see another close game like we saw we saw in the first one. Um, you know one one thing that is of concern for Kansas and in, in my mind is that they're playing without their star player uh, Kevin McCuller Jr. Uh, he's been out the last five games with a bruised knee. Will be interesting to see if he's able to you know come back in this game. I mean that would be a huge win for for you know this Kansas Jayhawks team considering that McCuller averages 19 points a game, six rebounds a game, and a, almost a little over four assists a game. So you know kind of a guy that can do can do a lot for this Kansas team. Um, I think yeah, it would be but huge. Can he do all that coming back? After right, coming back after like you know that. being out for the last you know five games. You know, I I I don't know. It'd be definitely be tough, especially on the on the road. Right. Um, you know, in a in a hostile environment, if you will, in in Baylor. Um, it, it's it's going to be a close battle, but I like I like Kansas to to get it done on the road. Um, you know, get get their road woes somewhat corrected here. So. Uh, moving uh, somewhat, well, staying somewhat in the Midwest, I guess. Uh, Marquette, uh, number five, Marquette taking on number twelve, Creighton uh, at at Creighton, uh, which is if you don't know where Creighton is located, it's in Omaha, Nebraska. Um, so both of these teams faced off, uh, you know, at the end of December. Marquette came out seventy-two to sixty-seven in that in that game. So another close battle between these two teams. So they've had a had a couple months off to you know see uh you know get get a revenge game or you know get get a rematch here um matt what do you what do you think both these teams somewhat red hot coming right. into this one what what do you think well, you know you look at the stats of both these teams and they're pretty close across the board mm-hmm. you know though i i think creighton being home helps a lot here and uh like you said, they they were just, they were beat by a market earlier in yeah, the season right, so right. The, they also have revenge on <laughs> yes, the mind right right in a close game like this, it's going to come down to the free throw line. Creighton, that's where they have their biggest advantage over Marquette. They shoot yeah. 5% better from the free throw okay. line. Yeah. That's a couple extra oh, points yeah. by yeah. the end of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, I, that, I think that's going to be enough to, to pull the upset here, and I'm, I'm on for another upset, Creighton <laughs> okay. over Marquette. All right, yeah. Uh, well, this is one that I will agree with you <laughs> on right. with, Matt. Um, I, I like the Blue Jays from Creighton as well in this, in this game. Um, it is interesting. Uh, they shoot – as a team, they shoot sixty percent from the two point from inside the three point line. The, the The ironic thing is, is that they don't shoot a ton inside the you know the two point. They don't get a ton of attempts from inside the two point you know inside the three point line. Uh, but when they are, they are super efficient when they when they're able to get inside the paint or you know get inside the three point line. Uh, but yeah, I think to me. The, the the free throw thing is is where it comes down to me. This this Creighton team, one of the you know in in the Big East, they foul the least out of all you know all the teams in the Big East. They foul the least amount of times. I think that's huge uh, for for a Marquette team that doesn't really get to the free throw line much, and when they do, they don't convert either. Right. So yeah. it it really is going to come down to you know in a, in a a, a somewhat of a top 15 matchup like this uh it, it's going to come down to a couple of points right. like that and i think yeah creighton having the advantage at home 13 and 2 at home you know marquette pretty decent on the road six and four on the on the road so you know not really maybe an advantage per se there uh, but i just yeah like like creighton's ability to you know convert some free throws you know get some easy points at the at the free throw line I think another again tight tight battle here between these two teams, uh, but I think Creighton gets their gets their revenge and, and wins the game here. <clears throat> All right, uh, moving then down down south, uh, we got the fourth ranked Tennessee Volunteers taking on the fourteenth ranked Alabama Crimson Tide. These two teams currently tied at the top of the SEC standings at twelve and three. So you know this could potentially decide who wins the SEC in the regular in the regular season if you know whoever whoever wins this game um you want to talk about getting revenge Alabama has revenge on their mind they played you know Tennessee towards the end of January and got blown out by 20, 20 points. points um so if there's a team that that you know has revenge it's it's probably Alabama here uh Matt what do you what do you think you think Alabama gets it done <clears throat> yeah you know I'm 
I'm loving the upsets this <laughs> week, right, that's for right. sure, because okay. I'm taking Alabama in another upset here. Right. Bama's scoring 11 more points per game than Tennessee, and they shoot and rebound better than Tennessee does. Right. I just, uh, you know, like you did say, Tennessee got the better of them by 20 points, right. but I think that's more of an anomaly mm-hmm. than, than mm-hmm. the norm here. Right. I think Alabama plays much better at home. They mm-hmm. gets they get their revenge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I agree with you as well on this one. Uh, I like Alabama to get get their revenge. I think going to be obviously a much tighter game than than what we saw in the in the first matchup. Uh, you know, Tennessee six and three on the road. Uh, Alabama thirteen and one at home. So you know, Tennessee pretty pretty decent there on the on the road. Um, but you know, for me, it, it, you want to talk about. A, a college team that plays an NBA style game, it's this Alabama Crimson Tide. Like you mentioned, they average a little over 90 points a game, yeah, they're up and but down they, the floor. but they give up almost 80 points a game, which is, you know, probably a pretty equivalent to, you know, an NBA team. If they played, you know, the full, you know, amount of time that they do in the NBA, right. you'd probably say that they'd score in the upwards of a hundred and probably give up pretty close to a hundred right. as well. So uh, this is definitely, you know, an NBA style style team in the Crimson Tides, but being at home, Having that hometown crowd behind you, it's gonna be gonna be wild. Um, Tennessee five and zero in their last five games. Alabama four and one in their last five. And like I said, a lot on the line because this could potentially decide who wins the SEC if if right. they you know whoever wins wins this matchup. Um, but yeah, I like the I like the Crimson Tide. One thing you know that that Alabama is going to going to have to do is limit limit the turnovers. They they almost you know they, they lead the SEC in in turnovers per game. So they're gonna have to you know in a game where possessions are gonna be crucial, right. gotta gotta limit those turnovers or this could get ugly again like we saw in the in the first the first matchup. But uh, I like the Crimson Tide to to get revenge and, and win this game. Uh, then moving out to the to the West Coast. Um, a, a, you know, a battle out in the West Coast Conference uh, between number 23 Gonzaga and the number 17 ranked St. Mary's Gales. Um, if you're still awake, 10 p.m. Eastern time Ooh. over on ESPN, uh, you know, a battle between, you know, the, the two premier teams that have been the two dominant teams in this conference the last uh, several years, obviously Gonzaga traditionally getting the best of, of St. Mary's in these in these matchups. But these two teams faced off, uh, you know, beginning of February about a month ago. Uh, but St. Mary's got got the better of Gonzaga in a 64 to 62, you know, close close battle. Um, St. Mary's undefeated in conference play. Gonzaga 12 and two in in conference play. It is the last game of the conference season, um, so obviously St. Mary's has already locked up the conference. Right. Uh, but you know, still a lot on the line for these two teams. Um, you know, going into you know, coming into March and, you know, as far as seeding goes and, you know, whatnot for March Madness. Uh, Matt, what do you what do you think? Who do you like in this matchup? Well, I'm, I'm sticking to my trend here, going, going <laughs> right. with what would could by rank be considered the upset. Right, right. I'm taking the Gonzaga Bulldogs okay. here to, to, to get it done. You know, like I said, they lost to St. Mary 64-62 just a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. but Gonzaga needs us more. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I mean, they've been – kind of a bubble team for, yeah. for quite a while mm-hmm. now. And mm-hmm. they need a statement right. to, to right. really punch their ticket mm-hmm. here. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's what's going to show up here. St. Mary already clinched the division. Right. They they could rest some guys if they really wanted to. Mm-hmm. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're going to. But right, right. This game really is, is meaningless mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe seeding a little bit. Right, but right. If they come out and win the West Coast Conference, right, they're, right. they're – I don't think it changes their seating that mm-hmm. much. No. So, you know, I, Gonzaga needs this much more than St. Mary's. I think they're going to play like it. Yeah. Gonzaga's a team who, who who's shown it in March mm-hmm. how good they can be throughout the time here. and Good coaching, good players. <clears throat> I, I think they find a way to get it done here. Gonzaga gets the W. Yeah, yeah. I um, I, I went back and forth on this yeah. one. It was probably the toughest one for me to, to make a decision on. Uh, but, you know, ultimately I landed on the Gales from St. Mary's okay. to, to, take the, to take the win. Um, you know, they, they, they play as a team. Um, you know, one thing that really does stick out to me is that they average almost 14 offensive rebounds per game for a team that's shooting. I want to say it was like 40 or 42% from three point line. I mean, extra three point attempts. I mean, that, that goes a long way, you know, in a, in a game like this, um, you know, in in a team that you don't want them to get extra attempts from the three point line because, limit them to one shot because if they get an offensive rebound, I mean, it's 
almost 50% of the time, they're making a three. So if they get two shots, you know, two chances to shoot a three, probably one of them is going to go, one of them is going to go in. So, you know, I think that's going to be a key for Gonzaga if they want to win this game is keep St. Mary's off the boards. Um, But we'll, we'll see what, you know, what they're able to, able to do. I think it's going to be another close game, just like we saw in in the matchup one, um, because you look at the stats if it's not Gonzaga in first, as far as the conference, you know, stats go, it's St. Mary's that leads it and right. vice versa. You know, if it's not, you know, Gonzaga leading or if it's not St. Mary's leading, it's, it's one or the other that's leading in all categories yep. in this, you know, in this conference. Um, <laughs> so it is going to be a, a, a chess match, in my opinion. You're going to see a lot of, you know, adjustments, a lot of, you know, kind of runs, I think, in this game where you'll see Gonzaga go up by a handful of points. Then St. Mary's will swing it and whatever. I think ultimately, yeah, it'll be a close game, but I think St. Mary's playing at home, having that hometown crowd and having that comfortability playing at home gets is just enough for, for St. Mary's to pull out a, a very close right. close game. Well, before we sign off this week, I want to throw one more game at you, okay. a bonus game per okay. se, All right. the one I'm most excited for All the right. weekend. All right. Number two. Okay. Ohio State versus number six, <laughs> uh, Iowa, on the women's side. On of the things. women's side. All right. Yeah, what all do right. you got? All right. Uh, well, it's interesting. Uh, interesting you say that because uh, if, I, if I'm correct, it's at Iowa this, it it, yep. this time. Uh, you know, obviously Ohio State got the best of Iowa at Ohio State. Um, you know, somewhat limited Caitlin Clark in that game. You know, didn't, you know, she's always going to get hers no matter what. It's just, you know, don't let it get too wild or, you know, too out of control, um, you know being that my potential soon to be all mater is Iowa, uh, you know, it's, it's tough, but this, this Ohio state as as bad as the men's team is right. playing, this Ohio state women's team is playing phenomenal. And uh, they're, they're a full team, right? It's, they, it's they, not one person. right. They play, they play as a team. Um, you know, there have been several big teams that have somewhat given the blueprint of how to stop, you know, Caitlin Clark. I think again, you, you do enough. You're never right. going to just, stop her completely yeah, you just hope slower you, down. Just, you know hemorrhage the bleeding you know stop the bleeding a little bit um you know don't let it get too wild and you know 40 turns into you know right. 20 turns into 30 turns into 40 turns into 50 um uh, but you know ultimately I, I i you know gonna pick against my alma mater i think ohio state's gonna go on the road and, oh, wow. and win win on the road in a in a you know a packed house for for iowa um I was reading something online where, yeah, tickets are going. I mean, you want to talk about outrageous tickets for a regular season game? Yeah, that, yeah, uh, that you know, beyond wild, but you know, good for the women's game that you know we we were you know that popularity has you know grown that much in the in the women's game. Uh, But yeah, ultimately, I I think the Buckeyes go on the road uh, in a hostile environment, you know, loud environment, you know, in Iowa. And and get the get the get the win, but right. it's going to be a battle. It's I'm going to go the opposite way. Right. I, I think Caitlin Clark and what will probably be her last game. Oh yeah, it already Iowa is. Hawk she already uniform. announced announced today. Actually, you know, ironically, I, I I don't think she she can go out a loser at home. Right, right. I, she she finds a way to will that team to a win. Right. I, I think it'll be close, right, an exciting right. back and forth yeah, game. But yeah. I think ultimately, just too much, too, too much, much Caitlin Clark. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's going to be going to be exciting. But yeah, it. Uh, Definitely, you know, exciting times for for women's basketball to say to say the least. So, and they're, you know, just around the corner from starting March Madness for right. them as well. So this is a big a big game. You know, goes a long way for you know uh, the committee's mind in, in ranking. Yeah, the, the Buckeyes them. win; they could be the number one overall. Right, right, right. And, and Iowa wins; that they'll at least be probably a one seed. Right, so. right, absolutely. So, uh, good good times in in college basketball, both from men's and women's perspective. So we'll see what uh, you know. A lot of good games this weekend. So we'll we'll see what uh, what takes place. So. All right. Well, that's all we got for tonight's show. Thanks for listening to Fired Up with your hosts, Colton Cow, Matt Cordes. We uh, hope you enjoyed our episode this week. And, you know, if you want to hear other topics for future episodes or, you know, you just got a burning sports question you want to hear us talk about on the show, uh, feel free to reach out to us on our different social medias. Uh, we do have an Instagram um, at Fired Up underscore podcast. And on Facebook, you can search for Fired Up comma sports cat podcast. Um, you know, to go along with our March Madness theme, uh, mentioned it on the show last week and, you know, going to mention it, you know, going forward on all of our, you know, future episodes here, but we will have, you know, our bracket challenge in the, in the men's, uh, you know, men's side of things, um, completely free to enter. 
Uh, you can find, you know, the information about how to join and where to join and links and all that stuff on, you know, our social media. So you'll definitely want to be, if you aren't following us yet, you'll want to, to, right. you know, get all that information. Like I said, free, completely free to enter. Uh, we give away prizes to first, second, and third. Um, always a lot of fun. Yeah. Always, yeah. Rides, always a good time. Out, you know, you get to get to, you know, weigh and see how well you do against, you know, all of us, you know, on the panel here that we, you know, stick a bracket in there and, you know, like to think that we're the, the experts, if you will. So you get to get to see how you do against the the experts. Um, and again, like I said, completely free. So throw your throw your hat in there, throw, you know, throw your name in the mix. Uh, you know, again, sometimes the get the people that come out on top are the right. ones that, yeah, have not watched a single <laughs> right. minute of college basketball. So um, but yeah, look for that on our on our social medias. Um, or you can also head over to our website at www.firedup1.podbean.com. You can find all of our past episodes and, you know, just a little bit of information about the show. And as always, you can you can find this episode and all of our past episodes on pretty much any podcast platform you can think of. Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora. So all the big names, you can find our, you know, find our show. So appreciate y'all listening. And as always, stay, stay fired, fired up. up.